when are you coming? You said 12 hours, remember? Well, that's the bad news. The hurricane has turned your way. And right now, it's on a course of... Just answer the goddamn question. When are you coming? Hopefully within the next 48 hours. 48 hours? I realize you must have gone through hell. Gone? Bitch, we still here! What size testicles do you think are too big? Are we picking grapefruits or baseballs too big? <laughs> baseballs. Hell yeah. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fast Day with Films, where we bring you all of the stunning openings and thoughts. That was a good one. Uh, how you been, man? I've been doing all right, man. Yeah? Yeah. I've, um, I've been... Lots of work? Dude, it's... <laughs> doesn't stop which is great though you yeah know what I mean no 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 but, it's true I, um, I'm I I always think my job's uh gonna end every year so anytime I can continue doing it yeah. and milk that uh that teat a little longer <laughs> I, I'm I'm thrilled with it too you know yeah. so I can understand working hard and um, you've been playing it all <laughs> well I so I I started watching a new show oh um, nice yeah what uh what streaming um, service uh, it's on Apple TV. Oh, okay. Um, Ted Lasso. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen... other people have mentioned it to me, but I have not with the Sudeikis. It's, I, it's won a lot of awards. It's really fucking. Yeah, good, I hear dude. it's good. Like... Now, do you have to be a uh, a sports? I like sports, but I know it's that's kind of the general kind of it's, thing. It's it's very loosely based around sports. It's it's very major league. Major league, yeah. 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 Well, it's just sports. I mean, like the. You know, it's not a spoiler. It's like literally in the first five minutes of the mm. first episode. Um, the owner is uh, <laughs> is the wife of the old owner, and she got the team, and she's trying to tank the team. Oh, well, and, that's very and major league. Yeah. Um, Are you sure this isn't major league? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're pitching I, me major I, league. I mean, it sounds a lot like major league. <laughs> Corbin Burnson's. Yeah, right. Some guy named Tom Berenger. Yeah, in he's it. the catcher, and <laughs> damn, man, this sounds like Wesley, Willie Mays, Hayes. Wes, Wesley Snipes is in it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I've been watching Major League. <laughs> uh, but it's good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had finished a couple shows, which was lucky. You know, it's one of those things. I, I have a bunch of streaming uh, services myself. I, I uh, personally have HBO and uh, damn, what's one of the other ones that I uh, and Netflix uh, I have, but my my brother in law has a couple, and I'll use a couple of his codes. He'll use mine, and uh, he canceled uh, Showtime, and I was like, oh damn it, because I I had luckily we had just finished Yellow Jackets, which was an awesome show oh, and I heard about, about that. Uh, Christina Ricci is in it and uh Juliet Lewis and they're on a uh their younger versions of them were on a uh very much like the movie Alive they were on a plane crash mm-hmm. that crashed into the wilderness and they were there for 19 months oh and 19 had, months they had to resort to cannibalism Fuck. and they made a pact that they wouldn't talk about what they did there so we're seeing at the same time them as adults that as kids yeah and as kids they're like hunting each other in like sadistically murdering people oh, and you fuck. know they're they're covering up and you're seeing glimpse of it in their adult lives and it's coming back to them it was good now i'm gonna have to get showtime when it, season two comes yeah. up. but we watched that we watched dexter 
and I was almost through the Cosby documentary, like the last half hour of the last episode. And I'm like, why can't I log in? Oh, oh come man. on. Can't give me a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have binged it the night before. Yeah, well, I mean, couldn't you just get a free trial and Yeah, I guess just I could have that. that. You know? I mean, I got the gist. He's yeah. an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> read the court documents. Yeah, read the court documents. It's almost the same time that I think the news in the, had come out, too, that the uh, Supreme Court had ruled like against... Uh, keeping him in there or something like that so i think he's out or he's or he's getting out or something Uh, i don't know he'll he'll die soon anyways and he'll be an afterthought people will be like who the fuck you're talking about yeah they don't even make jello pudding pops anymore (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck do i care leonard part six i mean that would have been perfect for this pod though i I tell you that i was thinking about that the other day (laughs) but we definitely can't do (sighs) leonard part six anymore yeah that's too bad that's a shame (laughs) but we're gonna talk some sci-fi man which is probably my favorite genre if we really had to break it down and 1989 too that's the same year as our uh, last pod we had done together what was our really? last pod uh now it's already slipped in my brain that's uh, uhf, UHF yeah, 1989 yeah. so this was also 1989 this was earlier i think uhf came out in july of 89 and this is march 17th of 89 nice. now a lot of people discovered this the way me and my brothers discovered this was on hbo mm-hmm. i think it, we probably actually watched it on demand first and then hbo afterwards and we watched it a shitload we yeah. watched this movie a lot this was a big staple of my childhood and it was such a it had everything i wanted it had an amazing cast it had great special effects it had a good script and it was just a kind of a fun movie uh, what was interesting about this, and I don't know if you remember about the time when this was released, that it, there was another underwater kind of sci-fi movie uh, released the same year, I think. I think mm. within six months, interesting. which was Deep Star Six. Yeah, I, I don't recall that movie. I own it, and I have to revisit that one. I definitely don't. I know this one backwards and forwards. Have we said the name of this movie yet? Leviathan? There we go. Yeah, you clicked on it, people. You know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Leviathan. Sorry. But... I, I used to have that argument with people, which better, Leviathan yeah. or Deep Star 6? And I most people always said Leviathan. I had found one person that said Deep Star 6 at one point. Interesting. He was crazy, so... so. <laughs> uh, Miguel Farrow was in it, too, and it had some good stuff in it. It had, like, uh, one of the most memorable things in Deep Star 6. It, they had, like, a cattle prod that if you touched somebody, it would make you implode. So oh, they, shit. So they went around with that fucking thing as one of their weapons, and I always thought that was really neat. Oh, wow. Uh, it just didn't It didn't give you the... You didn't have Ernie Hudson and Peter Weller, and yeah. these were some great actors. Richard Crenna uh, uh, was in it, who brought like so much credibility to this role, man. Yeah. Um, shit. I, who's the... I'm, I was trying to pull up the pictures of the cast yeah. here. I'm sorry. Um, the Hispanic guy. Oh, uh, Hector Alexando. Okay, yeah. yeah. Dude, I when I saw him, so okay. First of all, confession. Uh oh, I had never seen this movie Ooh, until yesterday. You knew about it though, right? I knew about it when I was a kid. I and I mean, this was eighty nine, so I was yeah. eight. Yeah. You know, um, so maybe I was nine if it you know on HBO or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I remember my brother renting this and me watching parts of it, and just it was too scary. I oh, couldn't, nice. I couldn't watch it, and I've never watched it since until yesterday. Um, Did it scare you? No, it didn't scare me. But there's, <laughs> but there's some. There's Could some... you see why a, a little Justin would be scared oh, of it? Yeah, were there dude. elements in it that you were like, "Oh, that's the type of stuff that yeah, what stuff did the, scare you?" Uh, the creepy little snake tentacle, yeah. you know, like um, when Hector Alexando gets it, man. When, uh, De Jesus got it, man. Was was really nasty. That worm was 
like that, that's who I'm out talking of his, about. Oh, you're talking about that guy. I thought yeah, you were talking yeah. about the older Hispanic guy. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm the sorry. younger guy. I'm under what is his name in this? Uh Michael Carmine. Uh he was in uh, Invasion USA and Batteries Not Included. That's what I was gonna ones. say. Batteries yeah. not included. Yeah. I which we really need to make that. I have to rewatch this. it. I own it, but I haven't seen that movie in oh, years. It's so good. Yeah. I could do that pod right now. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> I'll <laughs> need a rewatch for sure. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm taking it over. I remember like we're doing batteries not included. What the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but I love him in that movie. He's an asshole. He's he tries to like basically rob and burn down Jessica Tandy's building. Yeah, yeah. But like he realizes that he's done something bad and he tries to like get her out of the the building um but she has like dementia. Oh, interesting. And, and so he has to like pretend to be her son after just like doing this to her building just to be able to get her out of there and like oh it's it's a it's like a really memorable scene. It's like crazy. he did a great job he's at a it. He's a very likable character in this in this too with yeah. a whole bunch of we should go into the uh, well. Let's. What's kind of the log line for for Leviathan? Would you say it's they're underwater workers, and much like kind of the Abyss or a, a lot of these different kind of. I think they're they're mining for ore of some sort, some sort of uh, yeah. uh, uh, rock or something they're mining for. Yeah. But they're definitely company people, like like <laughs> Alien. Uh, yeah. The Abyss, all that. And it's a very colorful crew of really great actors, and it will go through all the actors. But they end up coming across something in like a abandoned like safe, and they don't at first know what happens. But they end up, and, and we'll go into in details what's actually happening here. But they end up, uh, they end up getting a. Uh, foreign agent kind of into their bodies and then it gradually goes from one person to another person to another person and starts taking the crew out yeah in a very creepy and disgusting and juicy way at times exactly (laughs) uh but really i think what majorly i mean i think it had over deep star six i think it it had a whole bunch of different elements going for it that deep star six didn't and especially the major one was this cast this cast was great yeah dude i mean so you got peter weller is our main guy obviously robocop Robocop. and we're always i'm a huge peter weller fan richard krenna who almost everyone knows him as troutman yeah from uh from rambo movies Mm -hmm. i loved him back in the day there was an old 1960s movie it's on my favorite 100 movie list is wait until dark where it was uh a couple robbers were break into Audrey Hepburn's house and she's blind. Oh, but she yeah, has diamonds hidden someplace this. in the house. So they have to, he had, he, Richard Crenna has to be kind of the nice guy to pretend he's a friend, but he's not really. And yeah, yeah it was creepy, man. Have you seen don't breathe yet? Not yet. I saw don't breathe two the other day. Oh really? Was it good? It was better than one. Hmm. It was pretty. I love Stephen good. Lang. I still have to see it. I, I'm pretty sure I own it. So I'm going to have to, uh, I'll have to dig it up. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Pays, I always loved, and I have only seen her in a few different things. She played the brunette in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what was her name? Uh, Williams is what she was called in the movie. But she was in The Kindred, which I loved The Kindred, man. The Kindred's wow. a fucked up movie. Do you remember The Kindred? I don't. That's another one around this time that, like, I remember the thing in the bottle. Yeah, the thing in the bottle. Rod Steiger had it in the, like, in the woods, and those people came across it in the woods, and it was just a... It was also a juicy, nasty. That's another one movie. I couldn't watch back in the yeah. day. Like it just, it just. I guess that that juicy, yeah. <laughs> like grossness was just like, no. yeah. 
bring in the uh, the petroleum jelly. Yeah, exactly. It's time to scare Justin. Yeah. Uh, Off Limits, she was also in, which is an obscure war movie that I loved with mm. uh, Willem Dafoe and Gregory Hines. Uh, Daniel Stern played Six Pack in this movie. Not yeah. only did he have a cool nickname, but it's Daniel Stern. It's fucking Daniel Stern, I mean, dude. everyone knows him as Marv from Home Alone, City Slickers. I mean, he's almost as recognizable as our next guy, Ernie Hudson. Oh, yeah, he was great. Uh, he is the comic relief in this movie. Yeah. Some of his one-liners in this movie are some of my favorite one-liners of all yeah. time. I say a lot of them. I'm not going to sleep again in, in life. life. Ever. <laughs> I know you've been through hell. Ben, bitch, we still here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or uh, the other one. Talk about having a bad day. Yeah. That, that was the end of the movie there. Oh, uh. so great. So, yeah, Michael Carmine, who is uh, DeJesus in this uh, movie and... Uh, you said, yep, Barry's not included. Also, Invasion USA. Uh, Lisa Elbacher, who I always had a, uh, had kind of a somewhat crush on, which is the redhead from this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only did I like her in this movie, but she was the main girl from Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, the really? one that Axel Foley kind of meets up his old yeah, friend from Beverly yeah. Hills that works at the art gallery. Interesting. I loved her in that. She was also an officer and a gentleman. She was in 10 to Midnight. She was one of the girls... That was with Kelly Preston at her house that the serial killer was breaking into. Man, 10 to Minute was a good Charles Bronson mm. kind of movie. Canon Films. Yeah. Uh, also in Livewire, which I own, but I haven't rewatched that. Do you remember that movie back in the day? It was 90s. It was uh, Pierce Brosnan. He diffused bombs, and it wasn't blown away. Uh, I was thinking of... Uh, which is another movie, I think. Bird on the Wire. No, yeah. <laughs> that's male. No, Livewire was a bomb. Uh, uh, he defused bombs. No, I never saw that one. Yeah, Hector Alexander, who is who I thought you were talking about before. He's more the old, the OG guy. Yeah, he's the one that had that. This is one of my favorite moments in the movie where the thing came out of his hand. Yeah, the teeth dude. in his hand. Oh, I love the teeth in the hand. So man. I, when we when we kind of get into this, I have and I, I have some questions that I want to just kind of get your sure. take on, just as far as like why is this happening? Why mm-hmm. is this happening? Like in your opinion? Yeah. Because there were definitely some <laughs> questionable questionable moments. choices. Yeah, All right. yeah. Uh, a lot of people know Hector Alexandrov was one of the hijackers from the taking of Pelham One Two Three. Super. Oh, really? uh, he was kind of the the one that was fucking it all up. He was kind of an arrogant one. Uh, I loved him in The Flamingo Kid. He was an overboard beaches, pretty woman, uh, taking care of business. I loved. It. He was a warden and taking care of business. You know you really remember him from he was the coach in necessary roughness yeah absolutely yep beverly hills cop three that's interesting and he was also in high how high i think he was the like uh the dean huh yeah i think he was the dean in that also in this movie is meg foster meg foster who is completely un uh like completely recognizable to anyone who sees her because she has almost completely white gray eyes yeah and it's it's striking yeah uh I, I'm going to just, I want to see how many movie credits she Man, has. You don't want to, she, she has played some creepy roles later in her life. Like she, it's interesting. She really did stay in the horror genre, but she had been in a lot of, uh, uh, Rob Zombie movies lately. Oh, interesting. 31. Apparently she was really creepy in, uh, but Jeepers Creepers three overlord. But back in the day, what we all knew her from was master universe. She played evil Lynn. That's right. Yeah. Uh, they live was one of my favorite things she did with Roddy. I still Piper. haven't seen. That. Oh, now that's, that's the biggest crime in the world. We, we need <laughs> to definitely get you to see that because that is one of the best movies ever made. Uh, blind fury. She was in, she was killed at the beginning of the movie. I just watched oh, that. Oh, wow. The other day. Interesting. Hadn't seen it in like 20 years. The Rucker horror one. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, Relentless, one of my favorite kind of. Me and Dave might have to do that, man. That, that's a big one for me and Dave. Yeah, I don't think very I obscure that one. movie with uh, Robert Loja. And, uh, <laughs> Robert Loja. <laughs> and uh, I loved her in that. Stepfather 2. She was in Stepfather 2. Best oh, nice. of the Best 2. Oh, nice. She had done a whole bunch of really great stuff. I love Meg Foster. Yeah, but she was definitely a staple in the 80s and 90s. Now, going into some of the crew here, I never knew this guy directed it. it George P. Cosmatos is super famous for doing uh, several movies that I watched a lot growing up. I think most notably, I remember him as the director of uh, Tombstone. Oh, really? But he directed Rambo First Blood Part Two and Cobra. No shit. They did Cobra, man. Cobra was a canon film, so he must have done that for them. He also did Of Unknown Origins, which makes complete sense to me. That is a very obscure horror movie with Peter Weller. That one rings a bell, yeah, but I don't, I don't think origins, I ever saw very, it. It's uh, very obscure, but it stars Peter Weller, so that must have been where the connect is between him and uh, Peter Weller. I'm wondering if he wanted to work with him again. So we got two writers on the movie, both of them very well-accomplished uh, writers. So one of them is David Webb Peoples, and he is credited with writing Blade Runner, Unforgiven, Hero, Twelve Monkeys, and Soldier. And uh, that's the other... uh, Is that the hero? Yeah, that's the hero with... uh, What's you call it? Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great one. I love that one. Yeah, that's also very obscure. So the other uh, uh, writer, if... David Webb Peoples didn't do enough for you. We've got Jeb Stewart, who is credited with uh, writing Die Hard, Lock Up, Another 48 Hours, The Fugitive, Just Cause, and Fire Down Below. Damn. Start out strong, got a little weak towards the end there. Yeah. (laughs) Happens to all of us. Now, for a cinematographer, Alex Thompson, some of my, a couple of my favorite movies on here, man, uh, cinematographer-wise, The Keep. I love The Keep, man. Do you remember The Keep? I don't think I've ever even heard of that. It's like a it's like a stronghold that the Nazis break into and they release like this almost like dark side type like mythical god creature that's gonna end the world. It was awesome. I love really? it. It's very dark though. Uh he was the cinematographer on Year of the Dragon, definitely on my top twenty all time favorite films. He did Legend, Raw Deal, Labyrinth, Mr. Destiny, Alien Three. Cliffhanger, Demolition Man, and an Executive Decision. Damn. So this guy knew action, man. He definitely knew his action. The editor was John F. Burnett, who was the editor for Murder by Death. I love that movie. Uh, the Goodbye Girl, Grease, Injustice for All, Death Hunt, Class Act, and Leap of Faith. I forgot about Leap of Faith, man. I forgot about Class Act. Man. Yeah, that is kind of the more overlooked one when you're thinking of the kid and play movies. Yeah, you know? it was a good one. Everyone goes house party, but yeah, they never go Class their Act. Class Act was good. Do you remember Leap of Faith, the Steve Martin one, where he was the... Yeah. Uh, the uh, like, I only the saw preacher? that once or twice, but yeah. I do remember that. He was the uh, televangelist. Yeah, that's it, all I remember about and it. And it was good. Yeah, I remember it being good. good. And he was a con man. He was about to get caught at all times, and that's about all I remember. Yeah, well, and it got sappy in the end, but it was still good. Now, the composer, they, they hit it out of the park with the composer. One of the best composers ever to, to do movie scores is Jerry Goldsmith. And he's credited for the 173 movies. Just to name you some of his biggest ones on here. Uh, Planet of the Apes, Patton, Chinatown, Logan's Run, The Omen, Alien, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Poltergeist, First Blood, Gremlins 2, Rambo 2, Legend, Inner Space, The Burbs, Total Recall, Rudy, The Shadow, The Edge, and The Mummy. That's insane. I mean, 173, there's about 12 of them right there. And that's kind of epic 
to say the least. So this was definitely rated R. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot of violence. No nudity, really. Uh, just violence, I think. Filming locations, Adriatic Sea, Malta, Mexico, and Italy, man. So they had a, had a grand old time. On this so set. they were actually underground. I mean, underwater. And they must have been sets there. They must have been, um, well, because they had the everything was underwater except for the end sequence, right? They get started with them underwater. When um, what's his name? Uh, Daniel Stern. When when he falls, there's there's yeah a little bit they're... of the mining stuff in the beginning, and yeah. then there's the end. But everything else is inside. Yeah, inside or out in the water. Yeah, yeah. So they must have had sets in those all those locations. For Interesting. Sure. So the budget was twenty five million. So worldwide gross. This one made money. This this one, if they spent twenty five million on it, pretty good chunk to, for a budget. Yeah. Well, unfortunately. It did not make money. What? It only made $15 million gross, which no blows shit. my mind because it certainly had a cult following on demand and on HBO and VHS for sure. Yeah. Now, let me pull up some of the... There wasn't a whole lot of trivia on this one. This was one of the ones that was it was very kind of hard to find anything trivia related to it. Some of the movies I'll pull up and it will be easy as hell and those just gobs of stuff to tell you about. But yeah. This one, I had to really stretch to get you three of them. I kind of like that, though. Yeah, and I, it's a mystique, and one day they'll release a tell-all documentary on it on one 4K disc, I hope. Yeah. Uh, I have a Korean copy right here <laughs> that we'll be watching. So the movie is set in the year 2027, so we need to get our shit together. Oh. We're going to be doing some of this underwater I must have missed stuff. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the very similar film, The Deep Star Six, and Deep Star Six was released January 13th of 89, and this was March 17th, so literally like three months. Yeah. yeah. Three months, and I think they both were on like on demand. I remember seeing the commercials like right next to each other, and I was huh. like, ah, that's kind of unfortunate. But, I mean, if you're into that type of movie, you get double dose. Yeah, guess, absolutely. So, uh, so the one of the more interesting things is you know who Stan Winston is? He is one of the most famous makeup kind of creature creator who, who's ever done it. Rick Baker did America Wealth in London. Uh-huh. Uh, Dick Smith was uh, a big one. Uh, what's that? Tom Savini is one. And Stan Winston's the big one. The big thing Stan Winston is known for is Terminator. He did all oh, the really? Terminator stuff, the first and second one. That's all Stan Winston. He died super young. Pumpkinhead, that was another one. Really? And he directed Pumpkinhead, too. It was oh, weird. Wow. He didn't. I think that was the only movie he directed. Uh, he, he's mainly known for his creature creating. So says Stan Winston was heavily involved in production during designing the creature, the dive suits, and he even directed second unit action sequences, hey, which may have given him the seed to want to do uh, Pumpkinhead. Interesting. Love Pumpkinhead, man. That is so good. It's a great one. So let's get into the movie itself, man, because this is, I, I love this type of movie, man. I love creatures or something viral taking over people's bodies. And there was a, there was a good level of body horror in this movie, yeah. which I really uh, liked. It wasn't like, like the movie Society is probably the ultimate body horror movie, and it's very off-putting uh-huh. for a lot of people. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like... This is definitely has that thing where all the victims kind of all join together into one major kind of creature body. Yeah. You see 
these Jesus's head right next to the girl and yeah. right next to Daniel Stern. You can right. tell they've all kind of combined into this nasty creature and everything. But there was society took it like to a whole nother level where they were in like a, a boardroom or, or a, a bank, uh, a dance hall, and there's like 30 people all connected. And you're like, oh, this is just kind of nasty. That is kind of weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this one, it was really well done. So what's going on is that, like I said, they're kind of blue collared workers. Yeah. They're just down there to do their service. They bitch. They're very similar to Alien. They're That's, bitching about their wages. There are a lot of similarities to Alien. Yeah, it really is. Right. Hector Alexander's bitching about different stuff and everything. And they're always, they've formed a really good friendship. They they really bounce off each other well. Also very similar to like uh, Event Horizon. Yeah. Has that feel to it where they have very colorful characters. I, I love that about movies. When you're going to put this type of cast in it, cast some people that you can immediately see and be like, yep, that yeah. guy's different than the other it's guy. It's also very, um, what is it, Aliens 3. Yeah. Uh, or no, Resurrection with um guy from Hellboy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. That, that crew, that slash crew, cast, yeah, yeah. They they blend together really well. I like it never, crew movies. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? with lots of people different like that. That's why it never made any sense to me why every movie isn't like uber diverse. Just so we we as the audience member can immediately tell who's who. Yeah, you know, right. put a redhead in there, put a brunette in there, put right. an Asian dude in there, yeah. uh, a black woman in there, or whoever it is. Uh, not only for diversity reasons, just for like logical reasons of I know who the hell this guy is. Sure. And they did that really well in this movie. I love how Peter Weller always comes across as the perfect in charge type of dude. Yeah. You know, like I'm in charge of this situation. You're going to do it. And I love that kind of dynamic with him. Like they're trying to find out what his real name is. Yeah. Uh, and they find out it's Becky and they start calling him that. Yeah. Or they're trying to get over on him with the uh, alcohol and he takes it out and replaces it with water and yeah. everything. But where the movie really starts to kind of come together because they, they do a good job in the first 10, 15 minutes of establishing who the actors are. Right, yeah. The brunette girl's kind of training for to be an astronaut. Yeah. And uh, uh, the the Mexican guy wants to get out of this eventually and go skiing. Yeah, he he's going to like... He's got go like to... some animosity with Ernie Hudson through the whole thing. But they're still like buddies. They're still friends, for sure. And uh, the doctor is kind of, kind of carefree with what he what he's uh uh strict about him not strict about but the the problem with the doctor is like most of like even with like alien uh, yeah he's kind of like the the ash robot a bad call where, yeah, yeah yeah or like the ash robot or like the mad about your paul riser yeah. character where he's like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and unfortunately the needs of the few are the crew that i'm yep. hanging out with Ugh. So when shit gets bad, he's going to abort the lifeboats and basically what he does, too. That's why I just stay by myself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but so they end up going into a, it was a Russian, like, submarine. Was yeah, it was a it was? ship of some kind. And I think it was called Leviathan. Yeah. And they found very, see, now that we're going through it, it almost is like seven different movies. Because when now what I'm about to talk about seems very Event Horizon. They go into the ship on Event Horizon and they find the tapes and they play the tapes and they find out that something horribly happened to that crew. Yeah. And I love how Richard Crenn is figuring it out. He's like, I think they sunk this ship on purpose. Yeah. And they were like, well, why the hell would they do something like that? And yeah. they're going through the uh, the treasure, basically, that they find within the ship. It's inside, like, a huge vault that they yeah. find. And they pull out a whole bunch of stuff. Money and tapes that they can kind of scrounge through. Conveniently, Richard Crenna knows Russian. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and reads it. <laughs> that in like eight other languages. Uh, they find some vodka, which seems uh, kind of easy enough. But what was interesting about the vodka is Daniel Stern pulls it out of the thing and then immediately kind of. They find one bottle. Well, they found a bottle of vodka, and then there was a flask. flask. Yeah. And Daniel Stern kind of pockets the flask, and the girl from Beverly Hills Cop sees Mm -hmm. him do it. Right. She's the only person that sees him do it. She shuts her mouth. She just kind of keeps quiet. Yeah. Then later that night, in his bunk, when everything's like uh, uh, kind of settled down, He's busting out the flask, and she just appears at his bunk and says, Did I ever tell you my favorite drink is vodka? Yeah. And be like, boom, now you're sharing, dude. Yeah. Which turns out to be the worst decision they ever did. Very quickly. Yes. So the horrible creature all stems from, and this, we're going to spoil a lot of this uh, here, but it, it's it's not very like who done it type of movie that we should really be worried about spoilers. Right, yeah. I mean this yeah. is not you this movie is just to watch to see these effects done and see kind of the crazy tense scenes that they do. Yeah. So drinking the vodka like I said turns out to be bad bad because whatever does this creates this creature and and the anomaly that kind of attacks everyone's bodies yeah. is uh rooted in the vodka. Uh, and I don't think it was ever clear if they intentionally put the thing on the vodka or didn't put it in the so there's a I know part... Ernie Hudson had said that that's what they had to do. Yeah, that's what he basically said was like yeah. they, you know, they gave it to him because he, he was like, it's how you give kids... Yeah, um, their medicine. Yeah, uh, exactly. You, you put know. it in the vodka, they don't know what's happening, yeah. they did it as an experiment. But right. whatever it was, Daniel Stern gets super sick. He's yeah. the first one. He shows up into the doctor's uh, office and we're going to talk about a big chunk here because this is where the the best... When this starts happening, I think the movie is set up until Daniel Stern shows up in the Richard Crenna's office, and then mm. from there it's just kind of a roller coaster until yeah. the end. But there's a 15-minute chunk we're going to be talking about uh, after we've gone through the uh, the whole thing here, and it starts kind of with the, the six-pack kind of scene. He looks horrible. It looks like he's got the flu. He's shaking. He's like got hot sweats, cold sweats, everything, and he's like, I don't know what this is, but it's horrible. Yeah. And... Uh, Richard Crenna, the doctor, is just kind of like checking his whole body over and he finds some like weird skin like lesions almost. And he right. It's like a skin sample where he's basically just pulling it off. Yeah. And it looks like a like a gill almost or something. That's like right, that. like, like a scale. Like a scale yeah. of some sort. And he, he's testing the DNA of it and it comes across on their like late 80s computer, yeah. like dot matrix yeah. computer where it's a, uh, or DOS. DOS. Yeah, yeah. they're DOS. And it's like uh, anomaly detected, yeah. not human. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? And he he didn't tell Daniel Stern anything. He just kind of keeps it to himself. Yeah. Thinking that this is, they don't know how he got it, but he obviously got it. And then right. all of a sudden we realize, oh shit, the girl from Beverly Hills Cops got it too. Right. And it's, it's, it's bad. Her hair is falling out and everything. And quickly daniel stern dies he yeah. just completely dives yeah and they put his body in like a little bit of a quarantine kind of section not too quarantine because everyone was fucking walking in there yeah. and shit not wearing masks touching <laughs> shit you're yeah. like what the hell is going on here man right and one of the best is when ernie hudson goes in there oh, oh dude, man yeah. so good but she ends up losing her hair and she freaks out and ends up killing herself. Yeah. She kills herself in the, uh, to avoid whatever the hell was going on. So this kind of runs into one of my questions because so the, the monster, whatever it is, the genetic anomaly, mm-hmm. people are killed, but yet somehow they still become yeah. 
part of the main monster. Yeah, I think it regrows after, from the dead. Because I know it gets like their, like it can know their thoughts yeah. mm-hmm. from their, like, That's how they blood. knew the blood was, the blood yeah. supply was. Right. Um, so, because at one point they ask, it was like after, I think it was after something happened to Doc. Um, and they're like, oh, are there two of them now? So yeah, because one of them got split when the when the door came down and that leg uh, fell right. under that thing, and that was like the original one that started attacking yeah. other people, right? Mm-hmm. So was there only one of them? I think the one became. Uh, I don't can't remember if they actually killed one part of it off or it just eventually became the big one that was at the end. Okay, I, I'm more inclined to think that's what it was because, like, dude with the hand, yeah, like. They never showed what happened to him. I assume that he uh, he became part of it. He did. They showed his face when they when they showed the overall creature. Okay. Hector Alexander, you could see yeah. his face in there. Yeah. So I think that it was. You got to look at it like pieces of a whole, really. So once people died, or it just would take you over completely. Yeah. It, it you end up just I think joining that one collective overall consciousness. Collective, yeah, like yeah. the Borg. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it, it it's crazy, and it was cool. And like I said, each individual person had a great kind of either death scene or metamorphosis in a way. Yeah. And once the girl died, they stuck them both on the table next to each other mm. in like the quarantine room, and that's where they formed together. And it was nasty. Man. Right. That's that, like the that's true body horror. Th- and a lot of people what... love that, and a lot of people really have major problems with body horror. Yeah, it's. I, I'm in the fun. middle. I can still watch it. I think it's gross and all, but if it's done well, it. But there's people like that's their bugaboo. Right. You know, they, yeah. They can't. They can't look at it. Yeah. Uh, and there's other people that seek it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, but yeah, that Ernie Hudson scene, man. So he oh. he goes into the room. Once you, if you remember it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he comes in and he's talking to Daniel Stern. And he thinks he's just sick. Yeah, and know, like under the covers. Right, but he's co- he's dead and he's been dead for a while. Yeah, um, and he's just having a conversation with him, and his leg moves. Yeah. And underneath the sheet dude in a really creepy way too yeah, like he was like, just rolling over uh, like i like i dude i said I, I just watched this yesterday the day before like um that shit creeped me out when yeah. his foot moved. i was <laughs> like oh damn that was creepy as fuck oh, yeah. you know like um and so you know he leaves or whatever and that's when she comes in mm-hmm. and she's talking to him saying that she's sick she's sick and she sees his forearm, and his forearm is like melted away yeah. and like transforming and, and like just juicing and, and doing stuff. And, and like, I think that's what put her over the board. She yeah. was like, "I'm not gonna I'm, let this happen to me." And right. it ultimately, ended up happening to her anyway. She probably just didn't know about it. Yeah. Unless she, they never went in that. No, because they when his, his, his Jesus was says, on there, kill he, me. he's like, "Kill me." So, yeah. Oh man, that's even creepier. Yeah. yeah so, you don't want this thing to attack you, man. Right? Because you don't even know what it does. You don't even know what happens. So like, they they foolishly don't. It's very odd that Peter Weller and Richard Crenna don't tell the rest of the crew what's going on straight off. Yeah. You know, they just like, hey, we got to dispose of these bodies. And they reacted like how normal people would. Like, why are we rushing this? Why are we dumping their bodies? These are people in here, man. We should... We, we shouldn't be this disrespectful for their bodies, not knowing that uh, these things, these people aren't people anymore, and they're transforming into something very weird and dangerous, and we need to get it off the ship. So... When it's when it's coming off the ship, one of them, one of their, I think it produced a claw in one of their bodies because it 
it uh, scratched Hector Alexander yeah. in the center of his chest. Yeah. And that's kind of where it went next. Well, then, uh, where did the eel come from? I can't remember. You so just that's the thing. It. So um, the body mutation, whatever yeah. it is, they go to dump it and they flush it out that's into right. the ocean. Oh, it came out of the leg. And the that's leg right. grew into like the little worm. Yeah, it kind of like um, spawned out of it. Right. And so he got scratched on the chest. Um, and but, then it got into the... But it wasn't until almost the very end when that happened to Hector Elizondo. Uh, so Well, it got DeJesus when he was in there when the, him and Eddie, uh, or him and Ernie Hudson had like a falling out with that puzzle. Yeah. And then he was going to help him fix it and everything. And he went in to get like popcorn or something like that. And that's when the eel just jumped out and went bore into yeah. his chest oh, God, and man. wrapped around his arm. That was one of the creepiest things. That was hard. Like when he, they juiced it up big time. Yeah. Like when he pulled his arm away and it was like, yeah. and he, it was the way he screamed and everything. Mm-hmm. And Ernie Hudson's had that like, nah, yeah. I'm getting out of here. He, I'll get some help, but yep. I'm not going to stay here and watch Stay here, this. I'll be right back. Yep. <laughs> and to even Hector Alexander, I remember Ernie yelled yelled at Hector Alexander, you left him there? He says, I'm not staying here unarmed yeah. around this. I don't know what the hell's going on. Ugh. So at that point, it just starts jumping from person to person. Yeah, uh, The doctor, uh, so it, Hector Alexander is the one who had the thing in his hand. Right. And then the doctor grabbed it. I don't think we ever found out what the fate of the doctor was. They showed him at one point, like, out of breath and, like, losing it. Oh, I thought he was dying. I, he was dying. And then right. he released all the pods so they couldn't, this thing, whole thing couldn't right. escape. And then you never find out what happens to Hector yeah. Alexander either. So yeah. it's weird, like... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That never. That never bothered me. I realize. I just assumed that he was on his last breath, and that's kind of what he got out. Just yeah. one last thing he did. But did he become a part of the thing? Uh, I assume that he did. Yeah. 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 And so also we forgot to mention during this whole thing that they're communicating with Meg Forrester, who's who's on the upside. Yeah. Part of it, and she works with the company, and she was like, "We would love to get you out, but there's a really bad hurricane like yeah. right off the coast of where you are, and we can't send any of the rescue teams to come get you. So you're gonna have to hold out for like." 72 hours yeah try to get some sleep yeah at first it was 12 hours and then in 12 hours she was like oh it's gonna be 48 hours and they were that's when she said 48 hours like they just you know he's like this is bullshit yeah that's (laughs) that's where your line comes in yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) try to get some sleep yeah sleep (laughs) i ain't never gonna sleep again ever ever in life (laughs) he was so great uh so at at the point that point there's only three of them alive right amanda pays Peter Weller and Ernie Hudson, right? It was just those three. When they get the suits, yeah. Yeah, when they get the suits and they talk to her and it's right towards the end there. Yeah. And now it's just like this big-ass kind of epic-looking creature. And there, I always thought it was a cool scene where they were like, we got to get to the surface. We got to get to the surface as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. And they did that thing with the uh, fire extinguishers, was it? Or it wasn't really fire extinguishers. It was something else that propelled them up. Well, it was like a... Um, they was like held a f- on to it. Yeah, it was like a float balloon. Yeah, um, and they they got in their suits, and she didn't get in. Oh no, they, they I think they all got in their suits, but at some point they had to eject like the bottom halves of the suits off yeah, or something, and then um, just swim because, with their feet the rest of the way because of the pressure. Yeah, and, and it was so, probably weighted; it probably dragged them down. Yeah, um, so it was a cool scene. You got to see him rise up through the water and everything, and uh, they didn't know what they. It it was open ended with like they thought you know she could be lying to us. That may not be a hurricane, yeah. or they may be. Right. So they get it to the top, and it's probably the most gorgeous day ever. Calm water, you yep. know, like except 
That's when the shark starts. The sharks, like, dude. That was that's, uh, like, that's Ernie Hudson's talk about having a bad day. Yeah. And then right when you thought, oh, they're gonna have to deal with the uh, sharks, and they have like the rescue helicopter is like right above them. Yeah. And he's ready to pick them up, and that's when we get to see our first full shot of this nasty creature. Yeah. Just pop out of the water. And I always liked to look at the creature. You said you didn't like to look at the creature. Well, I mean, back it? in the day, oh, I, yeah. I never made it through the movie. The oh, first yeah, that's time, right. The first and only time yeah. I ever watched it. You know. How would you describe the creature? Um. It's, it's Kind of a weird dragony type creature, I guess. Yeah, it's a little dragony. It also looks a lot like um, I think it's called a hatchet fish. Okay, um, you know that one that has the little like ball. That oh yeah, they, from like, like Finding glows. Nemo. Yeah, that, and that got lit the, up and followed them. Yeah, and yeah. they've got the big, huge, huge teeth. Yeah, that have like the jaw that you can see through, almost like skeleton-like yeah. jaw. I'm almost certain they're called hatchet fish. Yeah. I know exactly the fish you're talking about. That's the reason I never want to go deep, deep, deep. Yeah. If that's there, I'll stay up here. <laughs> Thank you. If that was in, like, shallow water, no one would even go in the ocean. Oh, no. I guarantee that. No. So they're up there, and you you thought all three of them were going to live, and, uh the black man just can't make it through, I apparently. was really fucking it's pissed bummed. off. I was always bummed about that, too, man, that yeah. Ernie Hudson didn't make it through the movie. I, I mean, I would have been fine if Peter Weller got taken and Ernie got ah, to live. Like, no, can't kill been... Robocop. I... He gets paid the most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who's going to do promotion for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- he had a great kind of uh, very 80s one-liner right where he killed the guy, too. Oh, and it was totally Jaws. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he said... Except uh, he did more like a basketball kind of swoop shot. Yeah, he... he Say, ah, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. And it's smile, you son of a bitch. Yeah, a little like, different. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, but it had the most satisfying, like, ending ending when they got they got into the helicopter, brought him back to the oil rig where Meg Foster was going to be there, and her with her company shit-eating grin comes up to him. Oh, we're so happy you made it. Yeah. And uh, how are you feeling? Yeah. And then he just lays out and flattens her one shot clocks her in the face and she drops like a sack of potatoes and he what does he say better (laughs) much better yeah (laughs) and then the credits just roll man i loved it man i i I freaking love leviathan it makes me smile dude so the scene we're going to talk about this is like i said this is the chunk that's really really great i I have it labeled shit hits the fan (laughs) and it's going to be at now no it's definitely on tubi too yeah i was just thinking where is this uh movie that everyone can see it Tubi, I'm telling you, people, if you're out there listening and want to watch some obscure movies, this is the second week in a row we've been pimping Tubi. Yeah. Oh, where's our ad money? <laughs> uh, go search out Leviathan on Tubi and go to 39 minutes and 44 seconds, and you're going to see some amazing shit. And it starts right out with Daniel Stern kind of showing up at the doctor's kind of office. And he's feeling bad. He plays it really well, too, yeah. you know? I, I really... He, Daniel Stern gets a little underrated, and I don't even know if I'd recognize Daniel Stern anymore. Or I mean, I'd recognize his voice. We listed, we heard it uh, on The Wonder Years for so long. That's so crazy. I think I blew my, my wife's uh, mind once when I told her that The Wonder Years were narrated by Marv from uh, Home Alone. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's nuts. So I love the... That's what's great about these movies, too. You get to see the old computer-type technology. So you've got the doctor looking at the sample that he just took off of. It's very scientific. Lots oh, yeah. Of, lots of graphs, lots of numbers. Yeah. Lots of computer-generated Geographical shit. shapes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And even Daniel Stern's looking at it like, I don't know what that is, but it don't look good. 
Oh, and now he starts scratching. So it's even creepier when we see what eventually happens to that yeah. arm oh, that he's scratching man. at. Oh. oh, it's so nasty. It's so weird. Just to, it really oh, it is. I can see why it gave you kind of the heebie-jeebies as a kid, and it yeah. did me too. But I kind of was into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the suits too. The suits is what I think really. If you pulled up the suit from Deep Star Six, it looks just like the Leviathan really? suit. I mean, it's hard to to say that they weren't similar. So everyone else is outside doing their outside shit, and the doctor is kind of... It's interesting he called it Of Unknown Origin, which is the director's earlier movie, Of Unknown Origin. Uh, So yeah, he's typing in very classic sci-fi type thing. He types into the... Hal, open the Bombay doors. I cannot do that. So he's talking to the computer, and the computer's just processing everything, but it's, it's telling him, hey, whatever you just gave me, Genetic alteration, which definitely is sign of a freak out. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. Especially, I think, yeah, this was uh, the human genome had already been mapped, so they were able to do a whole bunch of shit with it here. Oh, and then that's our indication Daniel Stern did not make it. Yeah. The old flat line. Yeah, that was just <laughs> the end of that. Like Movies have taught us for years with the flat line. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 2027. This uh, I guess this is some futuristic stuff. I, I didn't really trigger to me that it was too far, far in the future. Yeah, I didn't. It, it, Even though half the stuff they're doing, obviously, down be, the water. But, you, I mean, because, yeah, exactly. You they're couldn't un- do. They're underwater, so I was just like, okay, this, is, this can be an underwater base. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, I guess it didn't strike me. But and I, I love it. it. It is very alien style in the way that it's like blue collared stuff. It's not pristine type right. suits. It's they're still it's using a mining rig. They're still using oxygen. They're still drinking water out of water bottles. They're, yeah. it, a lot of it is still blue collared, greasy and grimy. It looks like you could catch eight diseases just being around half the equipment down there. Yeah. So yeah. So now we breaks it down to Peter Weller and he's like how could you die from a skin rash just from eight hours and the doctor's like I want you to go in and take a look for yourself you know it's pretty bad when they want you you can't even tell me what it is yeah, you want and you're, me to see it and you're a doctor and you can't explain it yeah. to me and put this mask on too yeah pre-pandemic mask yeah that mask is good though yeah you know you ain't getting any COVID with that mask no hell no so yeah he goes in there and he pulls the sheet back and Ooh, there's some nasty stuff. Gooey. It's just black, like necrosis type lesions on the skin and everything. And yeah, he realizes comes, they got a problem. I love how he comes out after touching the sheet, takes the masks off, and then rubs his face. Yeah. Let's wash your hands, Pete. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It it it's got to be crazy when you're when you're dealing with a crew in such a small close setting that anything infectious has got to be like the big thing. Oh yeah, dude. And what is the quarantine for it? That's what I liked about Aliens because that was a big kind of major point in the Alien films was the quarantine section where you're not letting you back in. Yeah. Because you've been exposed to something. Yeah. What's the um, what's the one where they uh, Prometheus? Yeah, Prometheus. On. Yeah. Really good, man. Yeah, now they figure out, he's like, well, Williams was in there with him. You know, she was exposed just as well. So now they're going through the entire crew, and I love this. I, I love Hector Alexando. He's like, is this herpes? If it's herpes, I'm never going to be able to explain it to my wife. My wife's never going to understand that if I come back with herpes. Uh, yeah, I wonder what Hector Alexando's doing, or, or if he's still with us. I don't think Richard Krenn is still with us. Probably. He's, I think he's gone. Yeah, probably not. We've lost William Hurt this week. Really? 
Did you hear about that? No. Yeah, William Hurt. Uh, I, I love to. Ernie Hudson. So he, he's seeing each of the individual people to do the skin test and everything. So Ernie Hudson sees Richard Crenna put on the the rubber glove. And he just, it's not bend over time, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. He says, I, I, he had a great line there too. He's a skin condition. He says, if you ask me, the only skin condition I see is white people. <laughs> <laughs> and now Amanda Pays, who's our, uh, our astronaut. And she makes it through the whole thing. Surprisingly um, enough, I thought she was going to be back in the day. I always thought she had gotten it because she was in the, uh, they really throw you off when she's in the shower crying. Yeah. You're like, Oh, she must've got it. Man. Yeah. And then they check on DeJesus and, uh, yeah, he kind of makes a joke. He says, "Like skin condition, you get scales like a fish." And he, yeah, yeah he was just joking. But Krenna kind of snapped his head over, like, "Hey, you might know something here," because it's exactly what's going on. So Krenna died in two thousand three. Oh wow! Uh, Hector Elizondo is eighty five and oh, still wow. alive. So he could still do necessary roughness too. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think Loja's around, but Spaculus yeah. all on board and yeah. Sinbad. You get that whole crew back, man. Uh, so, the, yeah, they, they go to Meg Forster now to kind of uh, explain what's going on, which it, it's crazy. Uh, so they must have known, and you could see her part in this. You know, if, oh, you, yeah. if you have a disease that's contagious down there, I mean, we're not rushing to get you back up here. Well, and that's the other thing, too, though, is, like, they say, like, you know, somebody did that to that Russian crew. Yeah, like, yeah. so they're basically just, like, somebody is doing that to get this thing out into the world. Yeah, like they very well, she could have very well sent them down here to uh, to get infected just like the other people. Right. So there's always, at least in films, man, I you, you kind of hope that there's not shady-ass kind of company people that would be willing to kill slews of people to get kind of weird technology but maybe me thinking too much like a good person yeah i think they probably do they definitely would yeah. it's imitating real life for sure here <laughs> so yeah this is where she starts with that bullshit 12 hours which yeah. i would love to have seen her end of this because you know she's talking to eight or nine different people about what are we doing what's yeah. going on oh they're infected well as they show her a little more and a little more at one point she's finally on the phone like they do like a zoom that's out. right she thinks about something for a little bit and then yeah, they do that zoom they, out. And, but she's on the phone but she doesn't say anything so somebody must be talking to her yeah like so now our girl from uh, Beverly Hills Cop, she is just like losing it, and it just is gross because you see everyone touching her. You, yeah, don't, I know, right? you don't know how it's kind of contracted, really. It, it almost seems like it needs to be like uh, through a cut or something like that, but who knows? You know, I mean, Hector gets it through the cut on his chest. The other guy right, gets the worm in his chest, so that could be these guys ingested it. So it has to somehow make it into his body. Ah, here's Ernie Hudson. See, yeah. So yeah, he just sneaks in, thinking, uh, thinking Daniel Stern's just sleeping, which is really cool. It's it's clever too, because there's no reason why he would think they were, he was dead. They right. didn't tell him. Yeah, they just told him. He why wasn't would you lock that well. door though? Yeah. That well. that's that's something that's probably more bullshit than anything in this movie. That 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 door wouldn't have been locked. Yeah. Oh yeah, he like full on moved under that yeah, sheet man dude. it's like, really really cool just uh, and creepy as hell it is man yeah. and it was well done too. yeah yeah yeah. Like, no i think everyone when they see this for the first time sees that body moving under there and you're like oh what the fuck yeah. dude 
because it, it just turns from one movie to a different completely different type of movie yeah after that at one point it's just these guys are going to get infected and die horribly now it's like oh it's regenerating yeah and absorbing them and oh like, uh, it's weird yeah, I forgot. She goes, oh, she's got it all over her neck, too. That's not, like, just one scale. She has, like, a whole, like, roof of them. <laughs> uh, so she goes in. Well, she's going to go in there, but first she's going to pull a whole bunch of her hair out. What an easy trick yeah. to in movies, too. You, know? you don't think about it. It's like being electrocuted in movies. It's such an easy kind of trick to do. Yeah. But pulling, your, pulling the hair out, uh, it's so good. You just put that hair in there, and you just pull it out on your own. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh. A great kind of shot right there, too. I know, right? There's like seven I told you that cinematographer there. was good. Yeah. So she once again goes in just like Ernie Hudson does to go see Six Pack. Oh, with her ha- hair in her hands. Yeah, you kind of got to know you're fucked when you feel like shit and your hair's falling out. And it's all happened within like She's got to think that it's like a hours. massive, like some sort of cancer. That's just aggressively attacking her. Oh, something. but she just saw the arm. Oh, so he must have really pushed himself out of that sheet. His, his body moves so much. So they show his arm, and his arm is just, like you said, it's just like melting and oh. juicy. And they've got their fluid is being pumped through it by a couple different uh, grips and everything else. So It's creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, they, they go back in not realizing anything's wrong. Back to, like, the doc. I don't know where he was. He goes back to the lab and realizes that the shower is, like, on full steam here. And once he goes in there, sees a poor little naked girl. Ah, that's got to be, that's got to be, you got to be pretty bad off. Yeah. So she slit her wrists, went in the shower, slit her wrists. Grabbed one of his scalpels. Yeah. And just took the easy way out here, which if, if what was going to happen was going to happen to her might have been a wise choice on her part yeah. she might have been the smartest person in the movie right but it doesn't clear up the fact of what the hell's going on now if they had been smart about this entire situation they probably could have isolated this yeah. at this point you know but they're keeping it quiet it in it's interesting two of the guys already know about it amanda pays knows about it ernie hudson knows about it why not tell who else is left? Just yeah. Hector and uh, Jesus? Oh, now there's weird shit going on in that room. So yeah, they, see, they walk out of the room. They still think that he's in there. Yeah, they wouldn't think of even walking in there, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the room that Six Pack was in, we saw some crazy shadows that looked like an octopus is yeah. just taking over. So they do tell him they're dead at this point, but they're not elaborating to what extent they're dead. Especially the genetic alteration could mean a multiple different things. Yeah, it could be whatever you want. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's also funny. She said the hurricane was 600 miles away. Yeah. Like, so 12 hours. One, two, three, four, five. We got five people on the crew or is someone we're missing here? Uh, I think you got everybody in the room right now. Okay. So that's, yeah, three, four, five. So there's like five or six people here left. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, so now they all hear a noise, and they go into the lab, and shit is all thrown to the ground. And Ugh. this is when they see this. It was. It's almost like the thing, you know, from the uh, that creature from the thing. Yeah, where they all kind of go together. I guess there's a lot of kind of body horror with that movie too. When uh, Wilford Brimley's kind of dissecting, when he's like, "That's not dog. That's imitation." Right. 
It kind of looks like that. Like, it could be a crazy statue. Oh, it's so weird. They just, like, blended together. See, that's what they keep from the group. Who who was in that room? Was it just Richie Krenner and Peter? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, so they're the only two people that saw that, all right, now we definitely know something's going on because the one body is, or the two bodies have become one. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking creepy. Oh, it is very creepy when you think about it. <laughs> well, and then they're carrying the bodies through the hallway to dump it. Yeah, and, and it's taking all of them. And it all of a sudden, it starts fucking moving. Yeah. And, and Hector Exana says, he says, we can't just dispose a body like this. Yeah. yeah. Section C of the health code says this, and they're not hearing it, man. They're just like, let's keep moving. Oh, this is a good scene. Yeah. Oh. That would be so creepy, man, oh if you were carrying God. this thing and you felt it move. Yeah. Oh. Hector Exano just confirmed it. He's like, yeah, I feel something too. Let's flush it. Yeah. Yeah. Flush it. They're human boy- beings oh. we're talking about here. Oh, man. Yeah, they won't even let him. He's like, let's have a moment of silence. And they were like, no, 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 let's do this now. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it was like a full-on claw came out of that bag yeah. and sliced Hector Alexander like, in the chest. Three three some, claws. Some kind of a tail. Oh, it was nasty. Oh, man, and this full-grown, like, nastiness inside this bag. Tails. Like, you don't want to even see what this is. And they're lowering it with, like, this elevator system almost that's yeah. kind of putting it in the thing. And I think it, it's it screws like, them when it cuts. Because if it didn't cut open, the the they eel wouldn't have, have gotten out, and it probably would have been fine. Yeah. But it looks like one of their legs like got caught off right at the thigh. Yeah. I'm not sure who. It was like it knew. Could that be it, either of their legs. Yeah. It was like it knew that if it did that, it would still survive. Ah, oh, it's so nasty, so nasty. And then they show it one last minute. None of them are looking down, because right under their feet, they show this kind of grating. Yeah. I love the grading in these movies. Very similar to Light Event Horizon, where there are that sound that when you're when running, running on, over, on those yeah. gratings sounds so good. So yeah, then the body is just flushed out into the open ocean, but unfortunately, part of it did not get released. It's down, growing into something. It's somebody's foot. Something nasty. <laughs> so it's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that what was your I'm so thrilled. I'm disappointed that you weren't able to see it as a kid, but I understand it. So I'm I'm very interested in your overall thoughts. Yeah, no, I then, I really I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I could see. I mean, I remembered, you know, because I again, I was young. Like that would have been fucking scary, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And uh But getting to see these actors that you're you're fans of all these actors oh, too yeah, and absolutely. be able to see them. I I always love that when I when I can come across a movie that I have not seen but I'm, it's filled with actors that I love. Yeah. And I'm like, how did I not see this? This doesn't make sense that I would not have seen this movie. And I, that happens a lot with me. And I've seen a lot of fucking movies, but uh, all the time I'm surprised by movies that Chris Penn is in or or like even even really famous people when they're younger. Uh, you, you watch like the old, uh, I think it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 and don't realize that Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger yeah. started out in it. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. It's so crazy when you see that. Or anything with Peter Weller like after RoboCop, you know, because RoboCop was like 87. This was 89. Yeah. And a part of goes with a, a lot of those uh, that stigma with like doing a very famous character kind of sticks with you. I think it helped with him that he was kind of under the mask half the time. Yeah, I that think so too. People don't even realize unless you saw him at the end, but even with that bald cap on, it was hard to tell who it was. Yeah, also though, I mean, the on the other side of that though is his voice is very, yeah. 
you know that's RoboCop. He doesn't do a whole lot of movies, man. I would imagine Peter Weller should be like a lot more famous than he is. You yeah, know? I agree. I loved him in uh, Buckaroo Banzai. If you haven't seen that, I think that's a movie that's on the uh, on Tubi also, and it's a weird, fun. It's on my movie. list of things to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's weird and it it's me. fun, man. But yeah, it, you got to see John Lithgow play a crazy man, and it's filled with big actors. Jeff Goldblum's awesome in it. Uh, Clancy Brown's great in it. It's a really, really great uh, flick. But Peter Weller, he, he was just so good in it. I saw him once. I was so impressed with him when he was doing his uh, RoboCop promotional stuff. I remember watching it uh, on The Tonight Show. He went on there. I don't know if it was Jay Leno or Johnny Carson at this point. Did he go in in like full uniform? Like no, the... he, he went in just normal, and uh-huh. they talked to him about it, and he he went through a complete demonstration of how he moved like RoboCop. Oh, really? Just without his gear on yeah. and everything. And he moved his head, and he moved his arm, and he lifted his thing up, and he was doing all the movements. I think he even stood up and did it, and I was like, man, you forget how much dedication when you watch RoboCop, yeah. and you're watching him move, that there's, there's an actor doing that all his day damn self right yeah. there and it's it's fun to witness so i was happy any movie i get to see with him later and I, he was in some 24 episodes i think that might have been the last time i saw him interesting yeah he was like a military guy in the 24 series for just a short period but yeah leviathan man check it out i can't recommend uh deep star six because i haven't seen it in so long yeah but i can definitely recommend leviathan man it, it's uh one of my uh it's definitely a cult classic and it's definitely one of my favorites uh, and I was glad I got to introduce you to it, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very cool. So we got some exciting stuff still coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I've still got uh, – I'm not sure because we're recording this right before I go up north, so I'm not sure if one of my episodes with my cousin Eric has already come out. But we've got two coming out, uh, Fright Night and um, – Nighthawks are two of them, two really big movies in our childhoods that we can't wait to talk about. But we have a slew of really great flicks coming up in the future, so definitely stick with us. If you want to tell us what movies you'd like to hear us talk about, you can always shoot us an email, fascinatedfilms at gmail.com, or you could go to our two uh, platforms, iTunes or SoundCloud, leave us a comment or a like, or you could just... Scoot all over to uh, Facebook and check out the photos we're dropping. And uh, you can drop me or Justin the line there, and we could definitely uh, get back to you through that. So, till next week, see ya. Peace. I will never be able to sleep again in life.